0: You're listening to Inside IASB, a podcast series dedicated to informing and encouraging Illinois School Board members. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Isaac Warren. I'm the Assistant Director of Digital Communications at the Illinois Association of School Boards.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Barbara Hobrock. I am Director of Governmental Relations at IASB. Um, I grew up in the west suburbs of Chicago, and I received a Bachelor of Arts from Western Illinois University. And just here in 2023, I received my Master's of Business Administration with a concentration in public administration from Concordia University, Wisconsin. I began volunteering in education in 2004. I've been everything from like a PTO president uh, to volunteering in the classrooms, anything you could possibly think of. And I became an administrative assistant for Regional Safe School uh, back in 2011. And then moved on to two different elementary schools. I began working at the State Board of Education in 2018 in legislative affairs. And then I came here to IASB in January of 2023. Um, I also served as a school board member uh, for 2017 to 2021. And I was a vice president through COVID, which was an experience in itself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is all. Wow. It's like many hats in the (laughs) education world, right? Yeah. Uh, What was your... uh, Favorite job you've had when you were serving public education before IASB? What was the one that you're like? Oh, I just really enjoyed this one like a lot.
1: I have to say, I loved being in the schools, um, being administrative assistant, helping all the teachers and the administrators, and then seeing the kids on a daily basis and really building those relationships with the kids, and not only the kids but their parents. And that's where I got a my eyes open big time as to how it's truly a community. Raising children, and you really have to work with the parents and the community in order to do what's best for the child.
0: Yeah, and you were in that very comprehensive list you gave. Uh, one of the ones that stuck out was serving on the school board. Mm-hmm. Um, could you talk about what led you to want to join the school board?
1: Well, uh, just my work in schools. You know, I, I had two kids that went through the public education, um, and. Just working with the teachers, I was a very involved parent. I was a stay-at-home parent, and um, I could volunteer in the classroom and help out. And just the things that I saw of the struggles teachers dealt with all the time and you know, not having enough resources and enough money, and there's never enough bodies to help everyone. So wherever I could help out, I did. And um, that just kind of led to me getting to know administration and getting to know the superintendent. And there was a vacancy. And they're like, you would be great on the school board, you know, you should give it a try. And so that was actually my first go around was in 2011. I got on the school board um, appointed and that only lasted about six months where then I had to move and I had to give up my board seat. Um, But then I went back to school and did things like that and really started diving more into education. Like I said, you know, worked in the school districts and all that. And that's when I was like, I think I'm at a point in my life where I can give back even more. You know, to our school board. So that's when I got back on in 2017. I ran in an election, was elected, and um, it was very eye-opening. You know, working at the state board, knowing things there um, versus bringing it back to our district, and you know, making sure things were functioning how they should and the best for our community.
0: Yeah. So you have plenty of experience on what it's like to serve on the school board and the kind of expectations <laughs> set upon you, not just by the community but also by The state of Illinois. Yes. That kind of is what's bringing us here today. We're talking about educational mandates, Mm -hmm. which on the surface, maybe doesn't sound like the most (laughs) thrilling thing. But (laughs) honestly, there is a lot that goes into it. I don't think a lot of the general public is aware that school boards are kind of like under the gun sometimes with how much is required of them. So, could we talk about like what is the current state or what I guess what are mandates, you know, first of all?
1: Right. And and it's not just sometimes, you know, people. Don't understand that there's this thing called the Illinois School Code, and that is what school boards have to follow in order to do what's best for kids. And it has grown exponentially over the years in size, and that is mainly due to mandates. Um, But what is an educational mandate? Um, It's an action at the state level that would cause a local education agency or a district to incur additional costs in carrying out that action. So Additional costs aren't just monetary, you know, it's not just that we need more money for curriculum. It's also, it's another thing someone has to do. So me having been an administrative assistant, you know, every year when new educational mandates would come down, if it's a reporting mandate... Guess who gets to do the reporting? The administrative assistant. So that's another thing you have to do. So it's increasing, you know, your responsibilities, and you're not getting an increase in pay. You're not getting more staff because we're in staffing shortages. But somebody has to do the work. So that's that's basically um, what a mandate is, and the numbers have just grown exponentially over the years, the Illinois State Board of Education has to put out an Educational Mandates Report every March, and they send that to the General Assembly. This report outlines what new educational mandates were enacted in the prior session. So, for example, in March of 2024, the Educational Mandates Report will report um, what mandates came out from the 2023 legislative session. There will be 23 on that report. Um, They've been doing these reports since 1992 with the first report um, encompassing 10 years. So 1982 to 1992. So for the past 40 years, we have had 699 educational mandates impacting our districts. Wow. Yeah, that's an average of over 17 per year. And like I say, it's not just monetary because, yes, well, the large number of them are unfunded with only four of those 699 being funded. It's not just about the money. It's about the additional work that existing staff has to do. And that's. It's just to the point, it's like doing chores at home. It's okay to do just the dishes, but if you have to do the dishes and wash the floors and wash the windows and do the laundry and you know, the more things you have to do, it just becomes too much. And that's the point we've reached.
0: And what happens if a school district isn't able to fulfill a mandate? Is there a legal repercussion or is there something outlined that happens or what's the response usually with that?
1: That's a very good question. Um because that's that really kind of lies with you know regional offices of education have to come in and do compliance reporting to make sure that districts are actually doing what they're required to do and if they're not the regional offices work with the districts to make sure they are and there could be varying reasons why they're not able to fulfill a mandate whether it is they don't have staffing or they don't have the money or the resources whatever it is they can work with them um I I haven't I don't know of any, you know, like repercussions, if you will, like pulling your funding or anything (laughs) like that that has happened. Um, But with that said, if if there aren't any repercussions for not fulfilling them, then why do districts even have to worry about it?
0: That's a fair point. Yeah.
1: And the more mandates there are, they just they kind of become I don't want to say meaningless, but, you know, it, it takes away the point of a mandate if there's just so many that you can't even keep up with them.
0: Right. There's just suggestions. Mm -hmm. It's not, there's no bite behind it, I guess. So yeah, I totally get what you're saying there. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, it's kind of funny because internally we we print the school code um, Mm -hmm. at IASB and we've actually had conversations about how big it's gotten. And it's not, it's a wide book, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not a typical size book. And it's getting to the point where we're talking about having to publish two books Mm just to get it all set because the binding won't fit all the pages. Mm -hmm. And I think that really speaks to this current state of where we are with mandates. I mean, how Mm -hmm. did we get here? I I mean, I can't imagine the school code has always been 699,
1: um, educational mandates, right? Um, no, that, that's a very good point. Um, we actually found out that the school code in 1983, was about 333,000 words. The school code for 2022 is 1.6 million. Oh, gosh. That's how much bigger the school code has gotten over the past 40 years. And how did we get here? I'm not sure. I I really don't know an answer to that, but um, there just has to be other ways to do things. And one thing that's detrimental about mandates is having been on a school board... If you just consistently tell people they have to do things without creating buy-in, it's detrimental to your relationship with those people. So every time there's a mandate that comes down, the school board has to adopt a policy in order for the district to help guide the district in how to fulfill that mandate. And then it seems like from staff point of view could be that, well, the school board's just making us constantly do these things. Well, it's not the school board it's the state that is putting down mandates that is forcing staff to do these things it's much better if you could just organically work with your staff to do what's best for your community and work with that staff get their buy-in help have them help you along the way to create the either the new curriculum or you know whatever is needed so that they have buy-in and ownership of that and, and then you can work together in doing so. And so that's kind of a that's one detrimental thing to all of these mandates.
0: Yeah, it needs to be a bit more uh, almost collaborative in yes. a way where it's not so much one party saying to another party, do these things. Right. It can be a bit more of a back and forth conversation of this is what we'd like to have. And what are the resources you need to get? This? Because as we talked about, it isn't just monetary. I'm sure plenty of districts are that's like the first hurdle that's a really difficult hurdle to cross, let mm-hmm. alone additional manpower. Right. So it is a very um, I don't know if dire is a bit <laughs> excessive mm-hmm. of a word, but mm-hmm. I mean it it's the situation does not look good. So right. what are we as an association, what is ISB putting forth to as a solution or what is our what are steps to help alleviate the situation?
1: Well we do have two position statements that um Lead to working with mandates and like establishing a mandate review committee um, and doing periodic reviews. You know, let's look at those six hundred and ninety nine mandates. What is even relevant anymore? What can we get off the books? What What is contradictory? Um, you know, over forty years, we all know education has changed a lot. So let's take a look at what's out there first. Um, so that's those are conversations we're starting to have with legislators and with other sister organizations of. You know, we really need to look at this because these mandates could really be the foundation of a lot of issues we're having. So, starting the conversation is one thing we're doing. Um, there is a bill filed out there. I don't remember the bill number offhand uh, for a mandate review committee. That is something we'd be interested in possibly in, in possibly supporting moving forward, um, amending, you know, whatever. Um, we could start those conversations too, and we really want to educate our school board members on um, here are some here's some information you can go to our website and look under the advocacy tab and we have a website called mandate reform you can get a couple of quick fact sheets from there of the information that i already said today on the 699 mandates and what's funded and what's not share that with your legislators You know, go out and talk to them and tell them the impact of mandates on your district and that we can't handle anymore. You know, let us do our thing. This is about local choice. Um, So we're really our job is to educate people on the issue, number one, and then let's see where it goes from there.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> f- just for our clear, uh, just to be clear, we're not advocating for the complete abolishing of school mandates because no. they do serve a purpose. Correct. We're just wanting a bit more of oversight onto what's being added to the books. Are the things in the books mm-hmm. relevant? Again, 40 years, I'm sure there's some things that might just not be. Relevant. I mean, looking mm-hmm. at the way the Internet has changed, the way we interact with each other, not much less our schools and students. I'm sure there's things and you know, then that might just be a bit antiquated or maybe not as efficient as they possibly could be.
1: Right. And and also, like before a mandate is enacted, let's do a review of the impact of that mandate. You know, I'll use full day kindergarten as an example. That bill passed in the spring. Well, I'm very glad we have the task force that is going to do that kind of review to see what impact it's going to have on districts that don't offer full day kindergarten right now. Can't wait to see the the data that comes out of that. But, you know, we have a district up north that they wanted to do full day kindergarten. They went to referendum because they need to expand building because they don't have space and the voters voted it down. They don't want to pay for it right mm. now. They can't as a community. But now this mandate comes along and now the school board is put in the position where they have to fulfill the mandate, whether the community wants it or not. Mm. So that's what we're saying is let's do that work first before we start enacting mandates to see the impact, you know, and see what else we can do instead of just mandating it on districts.
0: Yeah, it goes back to what we're talking about. Buy in. It's not buy in from just school boards, but like the community surrounding it in general. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) And talking about it can seem a bit like the stress levels are going up a little bit of high blood pressure. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure there are things we're not powerless to this. I mean, ISB, we have the positional statements and we're actively trying to work with legislators to get mm-hmm. um, committees formed and hopefully alleviate some of the burden on school board uh, on school districts. And you kind of touched on this briefly, but what can school board members do in their own districts to kind of get the ball rolling on potential mandate reform.
1: Right. They can um, at their school board meetings, have those conversations with community members um, just with themselves as a board and unite and go and talk to their legislators, invite the legislators into your buildings, you know, walk around and say this, this is our current state. You know, I'll use that uh, district with full day kindergarten as an example again go and talk to your local legislators. We went to referendum. Look at, we don't have the space right now. You know, we can't do this. So forcing this mandate on us is really going to be detrimental and hard for us to, to fulfill. You know, have those conversations. You know, we can always help you set up a meeting with your legislator to have those talks. Um, we'd love to do that.
0: Yeah, I think having a legislator see in person the potential impact or the current impact of a mandate mm-hmm. is very good because it gives them a very real example that they can bring back to the capital of, hey, this is probably not working out the way we maybe intend- intended it to or there are repercussions we just haven't considered because... Of how the nature of how mandates are formed.
1: Well, absolutely, it's unintended consequences. You know, we we know they have the the kids at heart. You know, but here's things that you might not have thought of.
0: Yeah, and honestly, it's difficult because there really isn't a one size fit all for the entire state of Illinois mm. for one single mandate. It's our state is simply as it's, it's a pro and a con. It's too diverse. Absolutely, and it's great. It's great that we have such a diverse state, but at the same time, it creates problems of we have school districts from very different levels of um, location to their students and how far they have to bus, how many students are at their district, how many people in their community there are (laughs) so many considerations to take into. And so this is a very ongoing conversation of what is the best possible compromise. And it sounds like There are better options than just forcing through mandates and saying, now follow it.
1: Right. One thing I keep going back to is if you just fully fund the evidence based funding formula and give the districts the resources they need, these things will just naturally happen. You know, we see it in certain districts, say, with electric vehicles. You know, some districts are, are ready for that. Their community is ready and they're just naturally doing it when they have the resources available. But mandating it on them is another story. Like I say, you have to have the buy in, you have to bring the community along, you have to do all of these things um, in order to really make it work smoothly and best for everyone.
0: Final thoughts on mandates. It can seem kind of daunting to take on such an arduous task, Mm -hmm. but I think it's something that we as a community of school board members, along with our district and surrounding community, I think we can make a very positive impact if we let our legislators know that, hey, things need to change in order for us to govern our districts more effectively.
1: Right. And, you know, one goal that I have in Um, Don't know how long this would take, but understanding that it took us 40 years to get here. This isn't going to resolve itself overnight. Right. Um, It would be great to have the mandate review panel established where every time a mandate is introduced by a General Assembly member, Let's take a look at it. Let's do a fiscal note. What is the financial impact, staffing impact and all of that before it would be impacted, you know, before it would be impacted on districts. I think that would be a very responsible way to do mandates. Um another thing too is a lot of times the implementation date of mandates, you know, a bill will be passed in June and it has to begin the next school year. You know, you've 3 months to to get everything in line when teachers aren't even You know, working for the district at that time because they have summers off and things like that. So it's very hard to implement something like that. So like a two year implementation, you know, date for each mandate that would give districts sufficient time to get the resources to really do it well, because we don't just want to fulfill them. We want to fulfill the mandates well.
0: All right. So. Uh, Well, Barbara, I really appreciate you coming down to talk about mandates and discussing it with me. Um, I think I feel a lot more informed about what the situation is like in Illinois. And uh, I feel confident that we can make some positive change. And I said any of our listeners out there, if you have a story about how mandates have affected your district, um, please reach out to Barbara. And um, we also have an option to uh, leave a voicemail for us. If you'd like to do that, the link will be in the description. Um, Barbara, how can people reach you?
1: Uh, you can reach me at my email at behobrock at IASB.com. Um, I'd love to hear from you any stories that you would have of mandates, either positively or negatively affecting your district. Um, and that ties into our ambassador um, advocacy ambassador program. Um, you could check it out on our website. We'd We'd love to hear from you and really bring you in as a school board member, as an advocate to help us with this with this initiative of ours to help to reduce mandates. And like I said, this is not something that is going to resolve itself overnight. This is going to be a long conversation, but if we can make some headway, we can help all students in Illinois.
0: Totally agree, awesome. Thank you again, Barbara, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And thank you for your dedicated volunteer service to public education. If you'd like to stay up to date with future episodes, please consider following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube Music. Have a comment or question? We welcome listener feedback and invite you to leave us a voicemail via the link in the description or send us a voicemail at communications Thanks.